Hello, DTV community audience. Thank you for tuning into Ooh Shock Treat Minute, where we get you jumping like a real live wire with every five minutes of the Rocky Horror sequel slash equal. We are your resident counselors. I'm Haley Mervini. And I'm Katie Tomini. And first off, we would like to welcome you to our second season. Ah! (laughs) Analyzing, dissecting, and deeply examining cult cinema. If you're joining us after we tinfoiled the heck out of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, we love you. And thank you. Seriously, oh my gosh, that was like (laughs) an absolute dream come true. I loved talking about Rocky Horror Picture Show and determined it was probably... My favorite movie. Yeah. Depending on the day. But like, (laughs) you know, I I watched it as many times as we did and I can still say that I love it so, 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 so much that, yeah, I think it's still one of my favorite movies. Uh, And we're so happy that you guys have decided to continue the ride. Ugh, honestly. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We love each and every one of our listeners, even if you're new, we still mm-hmm. love you. If you found Shock Treatment it, because Shock Treatment is your favorite movie and you've never heard of Rocky Horror and Frankenfurter who? Um, welcome as well. If you're in this group of people, though, I need to meet you. Yeah, please message <laughs> us. DM us on Instagram. We need to, we need, we need your backstory. Because who, I, I really have not met. I don't think I've met a single person who's only seen shock treatment and not uh the other way around where you've only seen the rocky horror picture show and you've never seen shock treatment this episode we wanted to reintroduce ourselves and talk about what we'll be covering this season because boy howdy shock treatment is a good one y'all there's songs there's dance there's absurdity there is plenty of absurdity there's calamity, <laughs> and just as much to scrutinize and interpret as the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Honestly, I'm um, I'm kind of on the wavelength here, and this is me, the sane one, putting on my tinfoil. I think Richard O'Brien might be able to tell the future. Oh, you're the sane one making this assertion? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, he had his finger on the pulse of everything stylistically and uh just this film is a mind fuck for its own reason oh absolutely producer john goldstone called it not a sequel it's not a prequel it's an equal and from the original shooting script The Rocky Horror Picture Show featured an ordinary couple, Brad and Janet, innocent victims of a flat tire and a wet night, get caught in a bizarre horror movie nightmare. And Shock Treatment features Brad and Janet, innocent members of a live TV audience, drawn into a new and equally bizarre nightmare of soap operas, game shows, and media manipulation. The madness accelerates until they don't know where television ends, and reality begins. So if we can take anything from those notes, it's that this may not be the same Brad and Janet that we met previously. Those notes make me feel like it's happening in a co-current universe. You know, like, Mm -hmm. while the events of the Rocky Horror Picture Show are happening, 
the events of shock treatment are happening, you know? Is this like the multiverse theory? Possibly. (laughs) I'm working on a few theories. I haven't yet figured out, but like, yeah, what, where, where does reality start and end when television is involved? (laughs) In the production notes, uh, the film tells us the couple's story in the context of the kinds of programs that have addicted America to television. I, like, am addicted. I am addicted to television. You are addicted to television. You are also addicted to television. Mostly my murder shows. But yes, <laughs> I am. And when I say I'm mostly addicted, I mean mostly The Bachelor and The Bachelorette <laughs> and Bachelor in Paradise. But this is not a Bachelor podcast. Unfortunately, maybe it won't. It, it will be one day. Eventually. Um, but... We will be examining shock treatment in five-minute chunks consecutively in order front to back. And it's such an interesting film to research because it's kind of got like a comparable cult history to Rocky Horror, but that both adds and deters to its relationship to the film. Absolutely. We'll get into it. Oh, yeah, we'll get into it. We have plenty of time. Sal Piero wrote an introduction to shock treatment on the fan site because through his lips, we hear all the good words about what's happening in the fan realm in the 70s and 80s, right? And his feeling on it was many Rocky fans, as myself, loved shock treatment. The music, the characters, the satire... Even though I've only seen it 20 times, only being the relative word here, (laughs) I've never felt compelled to yell a single line back at it. And I get that. I don't know. I wanted to yell at it, but it's because I'm so a fan of Rocky Horror and the style of viewing that movie that there are moments where I do yell out and I'm like, what are you thinking? Ugh. (laughs) idiot like I just start having the conversation with the movie without even trying it just kind of happens but yeah I can imagine how in 81 fans were initially like willing to accept the film but it fell so short of their expectations that it just did not have the same cultural or box office impact yeah I mean I get it. Both sides. I get not being super compelled to come up with callbacks, and I get also wanting to scream at Brad and Janet, who still can't talk to each other. (laughs) But I'm in the mindset of, I don't want to give callbacks, but I just want to sing along. Ooh. These songs are incredible. That's interesting that you bring that up, because if they've just been tasked with creating another movie that's a fun experience for us in the audience to sing and dance along to, I think Shock Treatment fills that bubble. Absolutely. I mean, it was definitely in my, like, end-of-year rewind uh, Spotify (laughs) thing. It was like, you listen to a lot of Rocky Horror and Shock Treatment, and I'm like, okay, and? That would have been your rewind playlist, like, five years ago. Every year? Yeah. That Forever. <laughs> the fact that we're doing these podcasts has nothing to do with your listener. Account. No. I'm like, 
And your point is, <laughs> yes, I listened to it, okay? But, you know, fans at the time, they felt like it was being forced into being a cult film instead of it being an organic happenstance, like all of a sudden spontaneous people just start showing up in costume. But come on, how can we compare anything to Rocky Horror's cult phenomenon? Yes. When it's been like, okay, talk about a sword of Damocles. Bunch. <laughs> I think shock treatment might have been destined to be doomed because at this point, Rocky Horror had been playing Fridays and Saturday nights around the world for almost six years. And that's like a pretty big shoe to fill. Yeah, that's that's a lot to uh, live up to. There's a lot to discuss about it, too, which we'll get into because we are so excited about this whole season. We're still going to be releasing episodes every other week. Just now on Wednesdays, we'll be watching Shocky. <laughs> but you know what? Why? You know what? Heck, make it a double feature sometime. Because <laughs> that's when we started our research. We did a back-to-back double feature of Rocky Horror into Shock Treatment. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely some very interesting through lines yes that you can pick up on and oh boy just a lot to get into and to kind of set the tone I wanted to go over the failed sequel ideas that Richard O'Brien was like these ones are fun he he was going for that sequel coin (laughs) okay So the first attempt at the sequel was Rocky Horror Shows His Heels. Uh, It was written in 78, sent to Fox execs in the summer of 79. And uh, the Fox execs were actually pretty okay with it, especially if Tim Curry was going to reprise his role as Frank. Mm -hmm. But Tim Curry was like, no, I'm good. I really don't need that in my life right now. Yeah, both... Tim and Jim Sherman were like, we've already done it. Like, I want to do something different. I want to do something exciting. Even Jim Sherman was like, even if it's similar, I'm okay, but it's got to be different. Yes. He didn't want to revisit the same characters. No. Because the, the plot of the sequel would take place about nine months after the events of the Rocky Horror Picture Show where Frank has been brought back to life right before the pregnant Janet is giving birth to their love child. Mm -hmm. And Brad and Dr. Scott would be in, you know, some kind of gay relationship and are also like cronies of Frank's that they want him. They're like following him around. They're helping him get the entire town turned into transsexuals. And they're the ones who help bring him back to life. Yes. It's strange. Yeah. And uh, Richard had written a lot of material for this sequel. Um, And he was like, I worked on it way too long to just give up the project. And a lot of the songs ended up getting repurposed into the Brad and Janet show which then was reinterpreted into shock treatment. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to list them so we could know these are songs that Richard O'Brien had in his head since 1978. Okay? 
that he was like, okay, this is building up to shock treatment. <laughs> Bitching in the kitchen. Oh. Thank God I'm a man. Electroshocks. Which was renamed. Right. Little black dress. Looking for trade. Look what I did to my id. You're looking at Nace. And the dual duet were all originally written approximately three years after the Rocky Horror Picture Show was mm-hmm. released. And when we're going over these tracks later, we're going to tie in how Rocky Horror shows his heels, how that would have had the songs play. Because it is so... Uh, it's bizarro yes. when you consider how they ended up being used in for yeah. shock treatment. Yeah. Totally different. Like, not totally different, but like pretty different. Well, if you consider that some of the songs are supposed to be between Riff Raff and Frank, <laughs> you know, and then. Yes. We'll get to that. The Brad and Janet show, we will also be analyzing as we go through the film because. They pretty faithfully adapted that sequel idea into shock treatment Mm -hmm. um, with just minor change. Like, really, the biggest change is they got rid of Dr. Scott. Yes. Dr. Scott was supposed to be in the Brad and Janet show, and then Jonathan Adams was not available. He did not want to do it. And then they reimagined the role Mm -hmm. into Birchnick, which is really cool, but we will get into Birchnick too. (laughs) So the next never made sequel is Revenge of the Old Queen, which was written by Richard in 1988, where the events of Rocky Horror shows his heels and the Brad and Janet show never took place. Don't worry about it. Not important. (laughs) Which kind of I think sets up what you were saying earlier of it being multiple universes Mm -hmm. of like, yeah, Brad and Janet are filler trope names. There's a Brad and Janet everywhere. And this is what's happening to the Brad and Janet in Denton, Texas versus Denton, Ohio. Exactly. You know, Uh, the rough plot for Revenge of the Old Queen is Steve Majors. Mm is trying to find the aliens that were responsible for making his older brother, Brad, for forcing him to go insane and then become a go-go dancer in Vegas. Yes. And elsewhere, Riff Raff is dispatched by the old queen to return to Earth to bring Frankenfurter back to Transylvania because she doesn't know that he's been killed by Riff Raff. Mm-hmm. And she needs someone to take over the throne. Yes, because she's, like, about to die. Yes. So they're, they're just, like, setting up the next heir to the throne. Mm-hmm. What I found really interesting from the description, Steve is an agent for the Bureau of Investigation into UFOs and is reading an old file labeled The Denton Affair when he realizes the popular movie The Rocky Horror Picture Show was based on actual events that happened to his older brother and his fiancée 15 years prior. Bum, bum, bum. Literally a meta, like, in-movie reference to the movie. I am so, like, grinning ear to ear thinking <laughs> about this. In uh, It's like... I'm going to spoil WandaVision for you, Katie, right now, because they know, like, they talk about WandaVision in the show. Like, they're 
aware of that it exists yes and they make comments like that is such a modern storytelling technique Mm -hmm. to be like yeah rocky horror is so fucking huge and a phenomenon that of course the people even in this universe would be aware of the movie taking place i'm telling you richard o'brien he can tell the future (sighs) i'm just i would be happy to see this get produced the sequel i think there's some interesting um themes that get explored they also make references to the happy homes that shock treatment makes famous Mm -hmm. but otherwise is basically uh like fun bill and ted time traveling romp like (laughs) they can all time travel through the showers and so it's like oh no, we got to go catch Riff Raff everyone into the shower. And then they're like just chasing each other through time. Oh my gosh. But there's so much actual material that could be covered from that. Oh, absolutely. That we're planning to cover it after shock treatment as Patreon content. Because I, I think it's interesting that Richard had more ideas after shock treatment was produced. Mm Mm-hmm. That, you know, seven years after that fact, he wanted to revisit the story and felt like there was more. Yeah, absolutely. That didn't get discussed, which is hilarious because, again, in 2001, Richard O'Brien confirmed he was working on another new sequel where unmade elements from Rocky Horror shows his heels and Revenge of the Old Queen would get like reimagined into that into this new plot line mm-hmm. uh it would be titled rocky horror the second coming and it would take place nine months after the events of rocky horror picture show with janet pregnant and carrying either frank's or rocky's unborn child and i'm so fascinated that this is something he keeps returning to yes that he's like no it's important that she was impregnated it's important to the species for whatever reason. And even in um, Revenge of the Old Queen, one of the characters is implied to be Janet and Frank's love child. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's... W- let's see the movie, guys. It's <laughs> okay. ready to be made. Putting the tinfoil back on. We earlier, I earlier in the pandemic, I don't remember when it was, but we found out that Cher is working on a thing <gasps> that's related to Rocky Horror. <gasps> yes. What, what if this is it? Uh, and Cher's the old queen. <sighs> We're that speculating. W- We're wildly speculating. But that would be perfect. I need her. Because Cher is the only person the gays would be okay with mothering Frankenfurter. Absolutely. You know? She's perfect. Yeah. It's almost like it couldn't be anybody else. (laughs) Unfortunately, Rocky Horror The Second Coming has fallen into development hell. Mm -hmm. The show has not gotten funding. They were going... If it had been a successful stage show, they would have adapted it into a movie. Yeah, we'll probably never see it, unfortunately, which is a total bummer because I need more. I need more. I need more. I need more. I just, we can ask very nicely. We can say, please, please (laughs) put it on. We would really like to see it. Thank you. Um, 
I just wanted to touch briefly on shock treatments stage adaptation mm-hmm. because that's fairly recent. That's in the last 10 years. Yes. Uh, Richard O'Brien, Richard Hartley, and director Benji Sparing all agreed on a new story direction, which eliminated most of the peripheral characters and instead refocused on the marital rift occurring between Brad and Janet and mainly because she was getting a promotion at like the the TV station that Mm -hmm. she works at and that Brad is getting fired from his job. So redefining their gender roles, redefining their marital roles to each other, their expectations of each other, which is very interesting. And uh, another key, another common theme from the Brad and Janet show that got brought over. Mm -hmm. But from what I read on it, it's really like a reimagining of the film and it adds more elements of the Brad and Janet show that didn't get produced. And it has new versions of music from the never made Rocky Horror shows his heels. Hell yes. So, I mean, it could, I'd be interested in seeing that. I'm into it. Any new content, I'm like, delicious, feed me it. (laughs) I'm also very interested in them eliminating a lot of the kind of peripheral characters because there are a lot of characters in this movie, you guys. Like Like a lot of characters. And I think that's part of why maybe Shadowcast's in the 80s had trouble getting it off the off the ground mm-hmm. because how can you I'm imagining like let's say it's a a slow season for Rocky, right? And like sometimes it's hard to cast Dr. Scott. Yes. Sometimes it's hard to cast Krim. You know? And but honestly, not anymore. I'm into I'm into playing Birchnik. He's weird and he's creepy and the makeup <laughs> would be really fun. So Absolutely. Well, Birchnik would not be eliminated <laughs> from the movie. I think they probably eliminated like uh, No, they couldn't eliminate Neely. No. They couldn't eliminate Macy or Janet's parents. No. Or Judge Oliver. See, but then they feel so pivotal to the plot maybe it's like the band and like you know what i mean like yeah. the teenagers it's I, just like mm, there's so you, yeah. uh, uh, i say there's a lot and i say that they're unnecessary but then i go back and i'm like but i want all of them but yeah they all add to i think neely is a very specific character that it's important that we see so many different types of women yes. in this tv studio so, like, Macy is important, Neely is important, Betty is important, and, I mean, but you could also say every single one of those audience members is a character, mm-hmm. and then some of those audience me- members get featured in the songs, so you could have people in costume doing those parts in, like, Thank God I'm a Man, yeah. or... Denton, USA. Uh, anyway, this... <laughs> We've gone on a tangent. 
the adaptation for shock treatment specifically was a sequel to the events of the musical and takes place seven years after the events of the first movie. Mm-hmm. And they also were like, it's lame that they don't actually perform shock treatment on anyone in the movie. So we perform shock treatment on Brad at one point. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I'm glad that was important to you guys to add to the narrative. If that's something that, like, they're really making a comment on yeah. shock therapy. If they are. Um, I also wanted to point out that they cast two different actors to play Brad and Farley. And we'll get into why that's important. <laughs> it premiered at the King's Head Theater in London in spring 2015 to, I guess, shrugs. Like, it didn't make much of a sensation. Mm. Yeah. But who knows? It's The movie's coming up on its 40th. Yes. So. Very soon. It might be right around the corner. Bring uh, it back. Bring it back. I would, we never got it in the U.S. I would see it. Yeah, I would see it. And it's, I would argue, it's about America. Like, these stories are oh so my gosh. Ab- about people living in America. It's an American story. And it's so interesting that an Aussie and an Englishman are who are making this commentary on America. It also, I was curious what the relationship among the production staff yeah. was like between the two films. Because six years is a long time. It is a long time. To just like, also kind of be waiting I feel like everybody was waiting for the sequel to be made and was waiting for the right Right. time to get produced, for the right script to get produced. Come on, Richard. Yeah. And like, and it's hard too when Tim isn't going to sign on again and that is affecting the whole shebang. I wonder if they approached him about playing a, a different character in Shock Treatment. Tim? Yeah. They did. Hmm. Do you want me to tell you it now? Or do yeah, you... spoil it. Spoil it? They wanted Tim to be Farley. Well, okay, so they knew they wanted Tim. And they knew they wanted to cast Farley and Brad as the same actor. So they went to Tim and offered him both Farley and Brad. Mm-hmm. And then Tim was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> And because Tim already had, like, nixed it, they didn't even try going to Barry. Mm. They were like, well, if we're going to recast, then we're going to just, like, recast all three of those, all of the characters, those relevant characters that we would have got. Because they also could not have gotten Susan. Yeah. And I'm going to not tell you why they couldn't have gotten Susan until next episode. (laughs) But... Jim Sharman says the real relationship between Rocky Horror and Shock Treatment is the consistent involvement of the same creative team. He says the intentions of the two films are quite disparate, with the only tangible links being Brad and Janet as catalyst to the plot. Shock Treatment shows a cartoon world of television-influenced lifestyles and media manipulation. 
by presenting our TV images, situations, and characters trying to avoid reality. Rather, we're giving a perspective on what is served up every day by the media as reality. Hmm. Jim Sharman's my kind of man. He <laughs> talks about reality a lot. Mm-hmm. And how, ugh, what an artist. To be like, clearly there's something about reality that people are not recognizing that, um, okay, well, we're going to make a movie about it. Producer John Goldstone said, we're so influenced by the media, the way we dress, the way we talk, our behavior, values, and dreams, that to a very real extent, the whole world has become one big TV show. And I want you guys to remember, this was made almost 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. I did earlier say that Bachelor in Paradise is my favorite show, right? <laughs> um, and I thought it was so interesting how Richard O'Brien, he always knew that he wanted to produce a sequel. He says, we always knew there would be a follow-up to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. There's always a son of dot dot dot. A bride of dot 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 and a son of dot 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 rides again. (laughs) And what truer words spoken of a sci-fi nerd movie fan. Honestly. He, of course, he probably every single day thinks of different universes to put Rocky Horror in. Even now. Because... Yeah, he is always thinking like what could have been what could have happened? What could what character could have come around the corner and all of a sudden the story has picked back up. Mhm. You know? Exactly. Ugh. So we will be interpreting this film in a time warp radio style. <sighs> the only way we know how. <laughs> We'll be talking about our experience with shock treatment because it's very different from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Very, very, very different. What are your feelings on the movie right now? So right now, I love the music. (laughs) The story is convoluted. Uh I'll go ahead and say that. But overall, I like it. It's a movie. I watch it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've watched it more times in the last month than I've watched it in the last <laughs> 10 years. And I don't hate it yet. So. Yeah. See? Okay. There is a good sign. Yeah. Is the aim of this to figure out if it's one of our favorite movies or if it's if it's a favorite compared to Rocky Horror? Like. Yeah. Are we going to go at this and say like, do you like this? More than, less than, or equal to Ooh. Rocky Horror. Whoa, I like that question. <laughs> okay, is it an equal uh, or a sequel? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Okay, and like, okay, so if you listen to our first season, I am a very new viewer to shock treatment after yes. years of obsessing over the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And it was mainly because I knew Susan Sarandon wasn't in it. And she was so much a part of why I love the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, but we get such a good Janet. Oh, well, okay. 
fry me up some Suspiria. <laughs> I love Jessica Harper too. And Absolutely. that was, I think if I watched this 10 years ago, I would have discounted it entirely. And I would have been like, there's no Frankenfurter, sacrilegious. <laughs> but because I had already seen Suspiria before watching Shock Treatment. And completely fallen in love with Jessica Harper. Of because course. she has one of those like attitudes that's just it's like she's a badass yes it's magnetic you just want to see her do more and she is absolutely perfect for the janet in this film a very different janet yes yes and when we watched it i too thought the music was like a bop and (laughs) I thought the story was appropriately convoluted because what else can I expect out of the people that brought me Rocky Horror? Exactly. You know? You get about three quarters of the way through and then you're like, what the hell is happening anymore? Did that... Hold on. (laughs) When did that become relevant? Like, that's the thing that I'm thinking watching shock treatment. Yes. And that tells me that there's more to it. There's like a lot more. There's stuff we're missing. Um, no, there's like, there's so many layers because they take on themes of American values related to the military, mm-hmm. American values related to... There's a lot going on oh here. Oh my gosh. Don't worry. You we know have... us. We'll get into it. I'm disappointed. Look what I did to my id is one of the later tracks, but we're definitely going to talk about Freudian influence on this script because mm-hmm. Help Me Mommy, it's a continuing theme from the first film. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what else is a continuing theme from the first film is what the heck is going on. Yeah. <laughs> the confusion doesn't ever stop. Because what really is DTV? Who is Farley Flavors? And what is the documentary that we are either watching or a part of are we like a part of the audience are we a part of like the actors are we a part of it feels like we're kind of part of the production yeah crew because we get to see the back behind the scenes are we with neely like are we neely's pas Ooh, i like that too that we're part of the like the documentary crew Mm -hmm. Ooh, well because what else is what is with these casting decisions like to have Brad and Janet's character arcs continue with totally different people, totally different actors, while other actors have been brought back as strangers. Like completely different people. Yes. Or are they? Hmm. <laughs> Because what is reality? (laughs) (laughs) And what is reality in relation to reality television? And that's a very important question. It's important in the scope of this film. And it's important in the scope of American society. When, like, real people go on a dating show that 
we call reality TV when it's actually incredibly heavily produced and while the words that are coming out of their mouths may not be scripted, the events that they're being placed in are 100% scripted. Well, um, not even only that, but my partner and I recently had a chit chat about RuPaul's Drag Race <gasps> because they, within the last like two years, have gotten really into watching it with me. And I was telling them about how different these queens are on social media and on the show. Uh-huh. And Jacinda said, huh, I wonder why that is. And I said, it's all in the edit, baby. Truly. You never know what these people are like on the set because the production team and the editing team has ultimate control over how they are portrayed. Absolutely. And there are storylines that they want to push. There are narratives that they know about the contestants that they... Will exploit? Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I spend hours on YouTube watching just like how different uh, and real these people's lives actually are outside of the television show that I watch so oh my gosh, regularly, like, and not just me. There are hundreds of thousands of millions of people who watch The Bachelor every week, who watch RuPaul's Drag Race every week, Mm -hmm. who watch... Any of those types of shows. Big Brother, Survivor, anything where, like, an actual human is going to be put into a social experiment Mm -hmm. for entertainment reasons and for value and then okay where it really becomes important is at the end of the day these television stations and these you know huge companies that are putting out these shows are selling advertisement and that we'll get into it boy we'll get into it yeah I also want to know if Shock Treatment is actually a cult film based on the research that we did last season. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll figure that out through the course of the podcast. And I'm going to say now that I do think it is a cult film for a different reason than Rocky Horror is a cult film. I agree. But we'll get to it. And is Shock Treatment really the sequel to the Rocky Horror Picture Show? It never really took off as an audience participation type film due to, like, we kind of we totally covered how big the cast is. How big the set pieces are. Oof. Oh my gosh. It's And there's rooms that they go in, like, and dream sequences kind of. There's so much happening, and it's so complicated. It's complicated. Yeah, the staging is insane. But could this actually be the advanced level of shadow casting they knew we would want and need? They challenged us. (laughs) And I know people who have risen to the occasion. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. They're... And we will get to them, too. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to continue with our guests. Don't worry. 
Absolutely. Oh, you would. <laughs> I cannot tell you how excited we are for our guests this season. And I can't tell you how excited we are that you're joining us for this ride. Guys, welcome back. Welcome back. We're glad we're covering this film. And until next episode, when we start covering the meat and potatoes, oh, yeah. the real, the juicy stuff, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Shock Treat Minute or Time Warp Radio. On Facebook, Time Warp Radio presents Shock Treat Minute. Email us at timewarpradiopod at gmail.com. And guess what? We're doing Patreon content. I'm really excited about our <laughs> Patreon content. Me too. Because we have, oof, we'll t- tell, tell them what we have. Okay, so we are starting off with our series called Science Fiction Double Features. Whoop, whoop. Our first episode premieres next Friday in line with our new season. So get ready mm-hmm. for that first episode. Mm-hmm. We are going to be profiling The Day the Earth Stood Still and King Kong. We're going to be covering all of those references from (laughs) Science Fiction Double Feature. Mm -hmm. And sneak peek preview, next month's Patreon episode, we will be covering Flash Gordon and The Invisible Man. There's just too much of a ring to split up those two movies. We had to watch them together. (laughs) And we have just... Oh my gosh, so many exciting ideas for later in our Shock Treat Minute season for Patreon content. It's going to be so much fun and we really want you guys to join us for this ride. Yes, there will be thematic tie-ins galore. Um, Our link is on our... All of our social medias. It'll be It'll be everywhere. You can find it. It's in our link tree on our Instagram. So go in our bio, click on our link... You'll find all our little tree branches. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You'll see it. I promise. And we're on YouTube now. So <gasps> if you wanted to, if you prefer to watch your podcasts on YouTube, we're at Time Warp Radio Presents. And the whole first season is there. And then we'll be uploading the new episodes of Shock Treat Minute on YouTube as well. So... Catch us wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcasts, and we can't wait to talk about this movie. Like, I'm bubbling (laughs) over with excitement, because we've been thinking about this since probably the last half of (laughs) the last season. We haven't been able to stop talking about shock treatment. Because you want to think of how it's maybe tying in, how it leads into shock treatment, and there are a lot of really wonderful things to discuss, so... We really hope you tune into our next episode. So until then, on, on Wednesdays, we watch Shocky. Bye. Bye. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And please consider becoming a beloved patron. We'll, we'll see, see you, you next time. time.